1: what's going on seven footers gang jenna and gerard back here how you doing over there gerard
0: good man we're getting some warm weather out here it's feeling nice out in these streets spring is sprung like it's let's go we got 20 games a little less than that till the playoffs go time baby
1: this is when like my anxiety starts to (laughs) kick in and and i just you know
0: especially this season right because you're like what what's going on (laughs)
1: This season um, has given me more emotional turmoil that I can't afford therapy for. So (laughs) I'm just really trying to figure it out, Jaraj. Really trying (laughs) to figure it out day by day. (laughs) Every Tuesday is my MBA therapy session because we record the greatest podcast um, to ever. Yeah, no doubt.
0: Glad I can help be that therapeutic ear for you during these stressful times.
1: Oh my god, you're the freaking best! <laughs> See how good he is to me, guys. This is him buttering you up on the air. That's what that's. That's called, right. No
0: that's right. <laughs> Jk,
1: you're the best. Um, we do we do need to get to the news here because on a somber note to start mm. this podcast off, Jamal Murray, Jamal Murray. I think this one specifically hurts. Uh, guys, if you have been living under a rock and didn't catch uh, Steph Curry dropping 53 and the whole bit, uh. On Monday night, you guys didn't see this uh, nasty injury. I mean, he was really in a lot of pain. uh, Torn ACL in the left knee. That was confirmed. So it's just, like I said, it's a hard one because he's that all-around good guy. His teammates love him. His coaches love him. He's worked so hard. He came right out of the bubble season, going on a tear there. And the future was bright for the Nuggets. But is it not right for the Nuggets anymore? Are their playoff plans derailed because of this huge loss in Jamal Murray?
0: I mean, let's take a step back for a minute. Like this season, more than, well, every season, injuries play a huge factor in who wins the championship and who doesn't. And I was talking with someone earlier about this. And I, it's, you know, it's not just related to sports. It's in everything. As humans, our memories are funny things, right? Because how we remember things happening is generally not how they actually occurred in reality, right? We look back at the KD Warriors and think of them as this unstoppable juggernaut that that rocked everybody and, you know, swept every series and just, you know, they were an inevitability. And in actuality, we know that wasn't true, right? They were down 3-2 in the Western Conference Finals to the Houston Rockets, right? Chris Paul doesn't pull his hamstring. The Rockets win that series and things look a lot different, right? And it's, and so I say all that to say, you know, it's these little things, and the margins are so thin. I say it all the time, but these things matter. And for the Nuggets, you know, their their championship and deep playoff run aspirations took a severe hit. Now, of course, they still have Nikola Jokic, the leading MVP candidate right now. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. and and Aaron Gordon, and you know, their, their bench guys who've been playing well, but yo make no mistake about it. Jamal Murray is their second best player. No team can lose their second best player and think they're going to win a title. That is not how this, this game works. So they'll still make make the playoffs because they're they're playing well enough, but any designs on going to the conference finals or the NBA finals took a severe hit, particularly uh, given the, the depth and the talent that already exists in the Western Conference. And it's unfortunate because Murray was having his best regular season, right? When I mean, we started, he started off the season like, kind of slow. We were like, "Oh no, you're doing the whole Murray thing again, where you're not playing that well." He was, he was, and he was playing well, and they were, they were looking good, man. On eight and two in their last ten, really coming on, and possibly making a push to challenge to get to that third spot. But now, it's going to be tough. And again, they have enough to withstand in the regular season, so they'll make the playoffs. They're currently in the four seed right now. They should hover and stay right around there. But any ideas of Western Conference Finals and NBA finals took a real hit. And it's unfortunate because Murray Murray was playing really well. The good news is it's an ACL and if if you know, if any injuries are good news, we've advanced so much with modern medicine and technology, that isn't the death sentence it once was, right? He should be able to come back and right. rehab and be just fine.
1: Right. It's not the the Achilles and I am no doctor by any means <laughs> or the Achilles. What I'm saying about the Achilles though, that is the dreaded injury right. of course and it used to be up there with the ACL, but like you said modern medicine and things like that. However, uh, you know, losing Jamal Murray, he's averaging what? 20 some point 21 points, mm-hmm, 4.8 mm-hmm. assists, 4 rebounds huge um offensive loss there and he's a big shot maker
0: right like we we know it like
1: exactly so who is going to be the person that you believe kind of needs to step up now and fill that role fill those shoes fill that big offensive hole that they're going to now have because if we think about it Murray's getting what 16 shots off and who's going to take those shots now
0: Well, I'll tell you one player who certainly isn't shy about taking shots, and that is our good friend Michael Porter Jr. He will be happy to take a lot of those shots. Um, And, you know, Michael Porter Jr. is a skilled offensive player. Um, So, uh, you know, he will happily pick up some slack. Aaron Gordon will pick up some slack. But it's less about who's going to take up those shots because they'll find guys to do it. It's more about the dynamism that, murray provides on the floor that they're going to miss that they don't have now right like that that's the issue that they're gonna that they're struggling with and there really is no one at this stage they, they can't pick up anybody or no one's gonna they're not gonna bring anybody in or find anybody on the bench who's going to all right you're gonna you know play that role it's just that's not what it is so it is unfortunate right so you know the rest of the guys on the floor yes they can pick up the scoring load sure but it isn't so much about that as much as it is murray and jokic that powerful pick and roll combination. Well, it's not. That's not it anymore, right? Like, and I was talking about institutional knowledge, Jenna. Right? Murray and Jokic have been together for four seasons now. They know each other so well. Like, came in around the same time. Like, they have those playoff battles and that 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 level of familiarity they have built up through being terrible as young guys together, making their first play. Right? Like, well, you can't replicate that. Like, who who's gonna now do that? There's nobody. So that that is what they're going to miss, and, and it's really unfortunate for Denver.
1: It's super unfortunate for Denver because we always talk about that relationship with uh, Murray and Jokic. So not to mention, again, like I said before, he's so well-respected by his teammates, his coaches. He is the voice of that team. He is the energy that drives them on the floor. I mean, Malone was talking after the game how he, you know, the the mood in the locker room was down, of course. I mean, after watching that, I mean— it, it was he it was a very graphic reaction, rightfully so. And before we move on, uh now it's to the recovery process. He hasn't spoken out yet, but that's a usual what nine to twelve month recovery process, and that takes us well into
0: next season the next
1: season. So that's worrisome mm-hmm. in its own. Mm-hmm. So
0: it's, you know, we do this thing in this sport where we determine and define players characters based on winning titles and I always say it's not This is not a, it's even though ultimately it's zero sum in terms of championships there can only be one champion that is not how you define overall like how good a player is right and the ways in which like Chris Paul is a perfect example of that there isn't a person alive who watches basketball who thinks Chris Paul is soft who thinks he's not a winner who thinks anything negative about Chris Paul in that way He's been to one conference finals in his entire career. The great Chris Paul, the point God. And my point that I'm saying is it's hard to do this shit. Okay. Like really hard and injuries part of the game. Like some of it's luck. Right. And that's just poor crappy luck for Denver right now when they were ascending at just the right time. And it's going to hurt them going into next season too. Right. And it's, this is a team that's like, Hey, we made the conference finals last year. We think we can go back again this year. Maybe make the NBA finals. Well, now that's likely not going to happen. Th- this is how slim the margins are and how quickly these things turn. But again, mm-hmm. you know, seven years from now, fans will be like, ah, Denver Nuggets, Jamal Murray never did X. It's like, and it's like, no, like you got to look back and look at these things. Like these little things happen here and there that, that change the entire landscape. And it's often these thin margins and it's unfortunate for Denver.
1: It really is. Uh, Wishing him a speedy recovery uh, for sure. I mean, young guy, just getting really that groove there, 24 years old. So let's move on. Steph Curry, Mm -hmm. on a lighter note, during the same game, okay? The Dubs finally got a a nice win, and Steph Curry made Warriors history passing Will Chamberlain on the Warriors all-time scoring list. He is officially the Warriors Number one all time score. What an accolade. I mean, we already knew Steph Curry was in Warriors, cemented in Warriors history, but this just really, when you're associated with names like Will, oh. it just, okay. I mean, it's just out of control. It is such, I'm sure a surreal feeling. I would not know at five foot. However, and you know, my three point shot expired back in the eighth grade. I think I'm giving myself two years, maybe six, but it's not about me. It's about Steph Curry. Cause he made history. So shifting back there, his ninth 50 point performance of his career and his third, this season. And let me just tee it up for you really quick, Gerard, because he did this, he made history 10 minutes into the game. Yeah. 30 points by the half. Yeah. If anyone still thinks that Steph Curry is not the greatest shooter we have ever seen. Oh, I mean, who
0: thinks then that? Then there's
1: issues. There's issues. He was having fun. He was lobbing shit. Oh, who, who,
0: I mean, I don't, who thinks that? I mean. Uh,
1: Come on now, you've been <laughs> on the internet, haven't you Well, now? you
0: know, see that's, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta sometimes stay off the internet, Jenna. There's too many trolls and people out there who think they're being funny and it's like, and we're giving them such a loud voice, something we'll get to later on in, in, in today's episode. But look, I mean, Steph Curry, not only is he the greatest shooter of all time, he's quickly, you know, obviously looking up as one of the greatest players of all time. All right. As you said, anytime you are mentioned in the same breath as Wilt Chamberlain or on a list with Wilt Chamberlain, I mean, that's fantastic stuff. Steph Curry is Mr. Warrior. I mean, he's been cemented in the Bay Area long ago, three-time champion, two-time MVP. I mean, the only unanimous MVP in NBA history. I mean, his his resume is already speak for itself. Hall of Famer, no doubt, you know, somewhere in the top 15 greatest players of all time, somewhere around there. Right. I mean, he's he's incredible. Um, And what an honor for him. And you saw it in the game last night because I was watching it and I was like, he started the game. And, I, you know, I like to read body language and sort of look at what guys look like. I was like, man, he going for this in the first quarter. Like, I just I just oh. knew it. I was like. When that first shot went, I was like, "Oh yeah, he's like, all right, I'm getting this done in the first quarter." But think about that. That's how. That's what great players can do. Great players make what the seemingly difficult task is, makes it look really, really easy. But of course, we know what he did is not easy. That is high level skill. That is in an um, immense amount of work. Um, it, it's it's outstanding. And kudos to Steph. Kudos to the Warriors. Um, You know, it's been a challenging season for them. And so it's nice to have this moment to just have to have this moment, um, you know, at at this stage of his career. And look, it's the Warriors still got some fight in them. You know, they're still running around that play in tournament tournament uh, level. You know, it seems like he's going to have to go nuclear like this for them to continue to win games and, and do it because the rest of that roster, you know, not doing so well. But um, but none, nonetheless, that was an incredible performance by him. What an efficient night shooting! Um, you know, he's just you know, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, James Harden. Like you know, th- these are the best guys of this era. Like they just are. Like they're they're incredible. And there's nothing else you can say. They're just incredible basketball players.
1: Out of control. I mean, just so good, so good. Andrea Godala. Uh, tweeted after that Steph is a god. Um, just just seeing the guys that were there through the you know mm-hmm. the the rough ones and the championships and seeing all that. So you love to see it, Gerard. I mean, come on now. You knew I was going to get a little sensitive over this with all the narratives and whatnot. <laughs> you,
0: you you love know. this kind of thing. It, listen, it's again a wonderful accomplishment. No no surprise there. You know, and likely when he's done playing, if he finishes his entire career as a warrior. Um, you know, he'll put that record pretty far out of reach. Um, uh, in 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 all likelihood. So it it'll it'll be quite nice for him to have that. Um and again, he he's cemented. He is he is the Bay Area legend.
1: Gotta love it, gotta love it. Steph Curry, 33 and still shining. Mm-hmm. All right. We also need to touch upon the events, uh, mm-hmm. the recent events, another police shooting and another black young man's life lost um and I I at this point it's just I want to say I can't believe it but and in Minneapolis out of all places so again the young man, 20-year-old, correct me if I'm wrong, Mr. Wright, who mm-hmm. was a father, mm-hmm. yeah. he was just stopped at a routine traffic stop, mm-hmm. or uh, because he had um, something hanging. Mm-hmm. Yeah, air, air fresheners, the, fresheners hanging in his... Air fresheners, air, yeah, yeah. and which I just... just which
0: is so wild, right? I'm like, I didn't even know that was a thing. <laughs>
1: as trivial as that right, right. at, at this point, yeah, and yeah. It, it's just, I just don't get it at this point. I mean nothing ever makes sense. All the details never add up and still it continues to happen. I can go on forever, but, um, just awful what's going on in, in this country still at the hand of police officers and police brutality and corrupt police forces. So per usual, the sports community and athletes banded together to use their voices, speak out like they continue to do and continue to propel this conversation and, you know, fight against social injustice and police brutality and the NBA, MLB and in NHL leagues all postpone their Monday games in Indianapolis. And obviously, you know, they'll be uh, playing those games on a different timetable because of the postponements. But again, out of respect for the tragic events. And again, what is your take on this, Gerard? What do you what do you know? Um, I mean... What do you have to say? It's it's more of
0: the same. I mean, w- this sort of behavior has been going on since the inception of this country. Like, we're, we're at, this is not new. None of this stuff is new. And at this stage, no one should be seeing this and should be surprised or shocked or, you know, this is the reality of the country that we live in, right? When a country was founded on a system of slavery and inequality and racism right because those are the things that this country was built upon what do you think that just because you know abraham lincoln says okay emancipation proclamation cool martin luther king malcolm x and civil rights leaders work do their thing and get civil rights passed all right life is great like no it's woven into the very fiber and fabric of whom we are and it's so interesting whenever you see on twitter and, and different social media platforms this is not who we are, America. I'm like, no, this is exactly who we are, America. Exactly who we are. Because if we were not this, these would be isolated incidents. And in fact, they are not isolated because they happen all the time. And think about all the um, the, the incidents that you don't hear about, right? Because let's let's be clear, people. There are ones that don't get media attention. Plenty of them. You know, as, as it relates to sports, uh, you know, the sport that we cover, the, the, the Nets, we're going to play the Timberwolves on Monday night. Obviously, that game got postponed. They actually just played it uh, uh, this afternoon. At the time we're recording this podcast. And the Nets did end up winning that game. And Steve Nash talked about it in his pregame comment saying, you know, playing, not playing. He's just like, at some point, all of this is senseless. It's like basketball, like, who cares? I mean, a, a, a young baby does not have a father. A partner no longer has their partner. A mother and a father lost a son. Like, it's just... It, The humanity of people. That's what we're talking about here. You have agents of the state, which are the police, who are, their job and their duty is to serve and protect, yet they are not doing it. They are killing citizens. Literally, open out in the street, and then using um, excuses like, oh, I thought it was my taser, or whatever other such nonsense. And it's like, yo, that, that ain't it, people. That is not it. And, you know we are a long way away from any kind of meaningful change. Um, how and when or are, are that will happen? I wish I had answers. I don't, okay? I really don't. Um, and it's just unfortunate. And, you know, uh, there comes a point in time where the ways in which things get changed, it, it isn't about gradual, right? It's about literally immediate and by force and by any means necessary that there, there comes a point where that happens right and i just it, it, i don't know what when that's going to be who knows but it, it that is that is where this continues to happen that's where we're ultimately headed right and you mentioned uh, minnesota uh, the state where this happened obviously currently going on right now the derek chauvin trial is happening uh in minneapolis where um derek chauvin the police officer who kneeled on george Floyd's neck. Uh, last summer and that spurred on so much um, you know activism over this past summer and in in 2020 and for this to happen in Brooklyn Center Minnesota not too far from Minneapolis it's like yo, again more of the same Jenna it's just more of the same and you know sports should not be the leading voice on this right I mean um, this needs to happen by all the people that we elect and put into power all right this is this is literally their jobs right to to prevent these things from happening and they're not and it and it's it's beyond unfortunate.
1: It really is and again players continue to speak out the leagues continue to take actions especially the NBA um I like to place emphasis on that not because this is a basketball podcast but because it is obvious that they have done in my opinion the most out of all leagues to you know combat this completely along with the WNBA Yes, yes, yes. Um, so yeah, it's just very unfortunate. I mean, this is just, you feel like you get to a point and then you're like, oh, yeah, okay, let's take a billion steps back. Oh,
0: that's, so, the, that's, that's the history of this country. And, and, an inch uh, forward, a million steps backwards.
1: So, you know. Childish, as Greg Popovich put it, mm. to say the least. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, move on here to a little bit of a different path and let's talk about contenders in the league Mm -hmm. let's kick things off with the east because we have it's quite obvious i hope that everybody knows there are three top contenders in the east fighting for the top seed which will give home court advantage during the east playoffs of course which is crucial for teams like the philadelphia 76ers who thrive at home. And that is in the record books. That is in the statistics. It is well-documented. And then, of course, we have the dominant Brooklyn Nets, who are basically just um, Captain America and co. Um, <laughs> and then you have the Milwaukee Bucks, who are without their star, Giannis Antetokounmpo right now, with no timeline to return due to, what is that, knee nice. soreness? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. So let's talk about contenders, Gerard. Like we mentioned in the beginning of this episode... There is a few short weeks left in the NBA regular season, 20 games, I think we said it was. Mm -hmm. So let's see what's cooking in the East. What do you got? Tell me what's going on.
0: You know, like you mentioned, and like I said, um, to start when we're talking about um, the the Jamal Murray injury, injuries are going to play such a huge factor in this. They do every year, but I feel like in this year specifically, even more so, and that's because of. The short offseason we had at the close of the the bubble season last year and the intense packing in 72 games in this short time, truncated time frame. I mean, the guys are literally just about playing every other night. And let us not forget, there is a, there are a variety of, of COVID games uh, that were postponed that need to get made up at some point. Right. So, there, so there's also those. Um, it's. It's a lot. And right now. I'll start with Brooklyn. They're getting healthy. Um, Durant played 31 minutes, I believe, this afternoon in that game. He played pretty well. They're ramping him back up. They do play Philly tomorrow night. It's like an of a back-to-back. So it'll be interesting to see if Durant plays at all tomorrow. Um,
1: and you, you said know, he played today.
0: He did play today. So, um, hmm. It's really all about how he feels in the morning and what the performance staff has as their their plan for him to ramp it up. Because ultimately, okay. he needs to get to the point where he's playing 35 minutes a night and he's used to his normal rotations because that's what he's going to need in the playoffs, right? And so mm-hmm. they, and they have about, you know, 20 games to, try to get that together. So they're going to figure out what that is. That game is also important because the Nets and the Sixers have played twice so far with each team taking one game. So the winner of tomorrow night's game has the tiebreaker. Why does that matter? If they're got a tie record at the end of the season, that's huge for that number one seed. And why is that number one seed important? For no other reason than if you have that one seed, the only time you'd face one of those other two teams is in the conference finals. That's a huge advantage to have. To not have to go through two teams to get out of the East, that's a big deal. And so that one seed matters. And I know you know Philly would love it. I know Brooklyn would listen, they all Milwaukee would love it. They would all love it. Right now, I think based on how the standings look, um, and Milwaukee being three and a half games behind both Philly and Brooklyn, who were tied atop the East, this is a Brooklyn-Philly race to the to the finish, um, is, is how I see it. And, you know, if you're Brooklyn, you want that, because you want Game 7 at Barclays Center. You don't want to be on the road, and we'll see what fans mean and all that, but it, it's, and again, you don't want to have to play both teams to get out of the East. You'd rather only have to play one. Look, not those teams, the, the schedule is what it is. and You have to play who you play. But if you want to get out, like you want to you want to do what is, you know, in your best interest and having home court throughout the East matters. So if I'm Brooklyn right now, Durant's coming back. That's looking good. Um, Kyrie is on um, an excused absence right now. Uh, Steve Nash said, you know, he could be back Wednesday. Um, that hasn't been determined yet. We'll see. Um, and James Harden is, Harden is nursing his hamstring. I mean, the key for this team right now is for those guys to get healthy, get back on the floor. If they can get on the floor and play the last eight to 10 games of the regular season, I'll feel a lot better about them gelling and finding their, getting their rotations and their rhythms down pat uh, as they head into the postseason. Mm -hmm. Um, For Milwaukee, you know, not having Giannis is big right now, right? Um, It's knee soreness. Hopefully it's nothing major. The team's not saying a whole lot about it, but look, he's the key, right? If they don't have Giannis, they're done, right? I mean, they're not—they're not winning anything, um, and so because he's the key, not only offensively but defensively for what they do. So they, you know, right now when he's
1: healthy, they yeah. struggled in the postseason. So right,
0: so they definitely need him. And right now, you know, for Milwaukee, because for the most part, yes, Drew Holiday is a new piece, and yes, Bobby Portis is a new is a new piece. Um, but those guys have been there together, and they've had their playoff warts. So I don't think Milwaukee's too concerned about whether they're on the road or at home. I think they just want to get healthy and get comfortable in what they've been doing and just get everybody ready for, for a deep postseason run. Philly, to me, is the interesting team here because they're relatively healthy right now. Embiid's back. Simmons uh, Simmons is, is, is healthy. Yeah, Jenna, this team can guard their ass off. Like, man, they can play some defense. And
1: we in that starting lineup, we have two strong candidates for defensive player of the year. They yeah. just have to kind of duke it out right now yeah.
0: at this point. Yeah. I mean, with of course all due respect to Rudy Gobert uh in Utah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean they're He has enough. <laughs> they're they're excellent. They are excellent. Um the only you know, they're the kind of team that with the size that they have, um, with Embiid, with Simmons, with Matisse Steibel, um, they could give a team like Brooklyn problems, right? Because you know, they're so, switch- really they're so switchable, right? I mean, they can, they can lock, they can lock guys up, right? You, you, you throw Simmons on, on Harden, right? You put Theibel on, on Durant, or you move Theibel on to Harden and you put Simmons on Durant, right? Um, it's, it's given you a lot of options and, and you, and then you can, you can sort of figure out Danny Green on Kyrie. It, they have a lot of different ways in which they can, they can attack you from a defensive standpoint and on the offensive end, Joel Embiid's a monster. I mean, he was ridiculous last night. The Nets have nobody that can stop him. Um, but if, if you're, you know, if you're looking at at a Brooklyn-Philly matchup, does Philly have enough offense just to, to, to compete, right? Embiid's good. We know what Simmons' shortcomings are as they relate to the offensive end. Um, is Tobias Harris going to be consistent enough? Um, you know, who, who else you are looking to for for offense there? But th- th- I think either of those three teams are super talented. I give the edge to Brooklyn of the three. They have the highest ceiling of all three, um, but because of the, they have the least amount of experience playing together. They also have the lowest floor, if that makes sense, right? If injuries happen or things just go go haywire, you know they can get bounced in round two, right? But they clearly of the three to me because of the those three guys have the most upside, and their role players are playing really well.
1: And the thing is with Philadelphia again we say Joel's going off right now. He could do this. He could do that. Is he, you know, fully healthy and is, can he contribute on offense the way we need to contribute in the post season? But again, injuries play such a huge pivotal role, especially in this sport and things change from day to day. Literally, if you do not know what happened last night and you wake up the next morning, like everything could possibly be changed. Hence Joel Murray, like we said. So Again, this is all pending injury. It's really, it's really hard to tell, really.
0: And the other thing too, Jenna, is the later you go in the season and into the playoffs, you're not getting healthier, right? Like you're not, your energy tank is not filling up with more energy. You're depleting it. Like that's, right. like, I mean, think about it. The way you start a season, you're in one position. The way you finish a season, you're in a different position, right? It's, that's how this works. So mm-hmm. you are going to get stronger as the playoffs go on. You're going to get weaker and more depleted. So really, it's about who comes into the postseason with the best health on their side and, you know, and and, and, and as much cohesiveness and everybody together as, as possible. That, that's what matters because the NBA playoffs is a torture chamber, man, and it is – we see it every year. It is stressful basketball physically and mentally – Because you don't have those nights where you get to play Orlando or Cleveland, right? Or whomever. No, no, no. It's good teams every night now, right? Not only that, teams who we know all your moves. We know what your sets are going to run. We know your count, right? So you've got to be extra attentive, extra sharp. And as you are tired, which you will be as the playoffs go on, that's when mental mistakes happen because you're exhausted. And that's when your body starts to physically break down. This is really going to be who's the healthiest and got the most body standing come July is likely who's going to end up winning the title.
1: That honestly, it couldn't be more of the truth and it's a a small play off of the bubble season and, you know, just all of that chaotic nature. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting, but let's go over to the uh, stacked West Mm -hmm. as I like to call it because Despite injury, despite who's out right now, it's going to be an intense race. We have more contenders in the pool, obviously, the number one Jazz, the Phoenix Suns, the Clippers, the Nuggets, and then the Lakers. I mean, just looking at this list or if you're listening to this and hearing this list, you think to yourself, oh, wait a minute. The Lakers have slipped this far. We still have LeBron James out. We still have Anthony Davis out, hopefully nearing return in the next short couple weeks, hopefully. But should Lakers fans, I know I asked this last episode, but I'm going to ask it again, since we're talking about these specific contenders, should they be worried at this point? Time is only dwindling down.
0: They should be worried from the standpoint of, and it's the same with every team. Everyone's assuming that once AD and LeBron come back, oh, they're just one hundred percent healthy and everything's good. We don't know that. Maybe they will be, but we have no idea what that's going to be. Number one, um, if the le- in, 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 everything is if healthy, right? If healthy, are mm-hmm. they the best team in the Western Conference for sure? Um, we don't know. And not only that, you know, and I know, there is no substitute or replication for NBA basketball than NBA basketball, right? Like that's you, if you've been off for a lengthy amount of time, it takes some time to ramp yourself back up, not just from a cardiovascular standpoint, from just a rhythm of playing basketball standpoint, right? Like that takes time. And we're already Mm -hmm. talking about how time is of the essence, right? It's, we've got, a you know, about four weeks left, right? Playoffs are about a, a month away, And so, you know, LeBron is at least a couple weeks away before he's back. Um, Mm -hmm. Anthony Davis will be reevaluated when the Lakers come back to LA when they finish this, this road trip they're on, and they'll see where he's at. Laker fans are excited because they had that big blowout win over the Nets on Saturday with none of their stars. And it's like, okay, you can be happy about that because you do know your team plays defense and you're scrappy. And that's the one thing that travels, right? Defense travels no matter what. If your shot's not falling, None of that matters. If you can guard, you're always in a chance to be in every game. That is 1,000% true. But you ain't winning no title without LeBron and AD. I don't care how good you guys play defense. No,
1: mm.
0: no. Yeah. You're not winning the title without those two guys. And without those two guys being healthy and playing well. And again, particularly with the Anthony Davis injury, because that one seems the most shrouded in mystery. We don't know. What? Uh, who knows? Who knows?
1: I know. Um, that's, that's a worrisome one. The The only thing that I, the only silver lining I see in this for my King, um, <laughs> is that he, he's had some time to rest his, his King body and, and get ready for the postseason. Cause if you think about it in past seasons, AKA the bubble, especially mm-hmm. He's had to play so hard Mm-mm. all the time Mm-mm. throughout the like regular season straight into the postseason whole postseason and just basically, you know, just gas himself at this yeah, point. Yeah. So I feel like he's had some rest. He's probably having a couple a couple cigars, a little some vino. red <laughs> some vino. And we're gonna be all right in these streets. Just a high ankle sprain. He's gonna be all right. Everything that he paid for for his body, that thing is probably bionic by well, now.
0: you know we we talked about how injuries and the margins are so thin. We talked about the nuggets and, and Jamal Murray going down. Let's just say the seatings the standings are where they are now, and they hold up throughout. This is so interesting because the Lakers are in fifth and the Nuggets are in fourth. This would be a first-round matchup, right? The 4-5 matchup. How much easier is this series for the Lakers without Jamal Murray? Right? Like, this is a much easier series. Again, everybody can be like, doesn't matter. The Lakers beat them in the conference finals last year. Oh, that was last year. This is this year, right? Like... Mm-hmm. LeBron and AD coming off injury, right? And having to play a Nuggets team that would have been fully loaded and on a roll as they have been, that would have been a much more precarious task in round one than it would be now without Jamal Murray, right?
1: Very good point. That's very so good. The, point. These are
0: the little things that things turn on, right? It's like, Ooh, so maybe the Lakers might've taken seven games to beat the Nuggets in round one. Now hmm, they might win in five. Ooh, what does that extra rest do? What if particularly if, you know, the the jazz they go longer than expected in their round one or what have you. It, it's mm-hmm. it's just so this stuff is so fascinating. In the West, you know, we talked about the it East is. how seeding is so important, right? In the in the East, you want that one so you'd only have to play mm-hmm. one of the big three teams. In the West, it don't matter. You're gonna have to beat two of the two of these teams to get out. It's just the, the way it's that's you're gonna have to beat two of them. So listen yeah. is what it is. Um, we talked about the Nuggets. Look, the Clippers are quietly in my mind, Jenna, kind of sneaking under the radar. Nobody's kind of paying attention to them. It's like, Paul, no one is. Paul George is like being made fun of on the internet, you know, all the usual stuff. It's just, you know, <laughs> but they are quietly in third. And they're another team that we know they, they can guard. Paul George, by the way, having another excellent season. Now, I realize for him, it's going to be about the postseason, right? That's what everybody's going to want to judge him on. What's he going to do in the postseason? You know how does Rondo help them? But this is a team that's kind of quietly playing pretty well. So I, I like the Clippers, and you know they're a team that if you're if you're the the Phoenix Suns and you got to play the Clippers in round two, it's like,
1: mm,
0: no, no, mm. I don't know if we like that matchup just because of that wing size. Because again, with Kawhi with and that. Paul George on the wing, that's just tough, tough to handle. Speaking, I think of... about what you say. No, go no, go
1: I was just saying, you know me. I, I was just thinking, you know, the Suns um, and the Clippers and then the matchup between Rondo and Chris Paul. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. You know how I get.
0: I know. You and your your narratives and stories. You know, the Suns are so interesting to me because they are quietly, you know, second best team in the league. At least record-wise, they are.
1: Can you um, believe it?
0: They are, they are top six in both offense and defense. I'm going to look this up right now. Pretty sure it's top and- six.
1: They're high in that ISO defense.
0: They are. They're excellent. Yeah. Let me let me pull up my my trusty dunks and threes. Yeah, man. They're, they're number three. They're number number seven in offensive rating. Number five in defensive rating. Yeah. Look, they're to so their top ten in both offense and defense. Just like the the Utah Jazz, um, and just like the LA Clippers. Look, I, <laughs> the only thing about Phoenix that has people worried. I I am not one of those people who. Is like well, Devin Booker's never been in the playoffs. I don't. I, I think Book will be fine, uh, and we know CP3 yeah. will be fine. What worries me is their wing talent. Um It's just Bridges, who I like a lot, but he's a young player. And Jay Crowder, who's a vet, but I mean, and Cam Johnson. And they, they have some nice pieces, and Aiton is also young. So I I like their guys, but Aiton. Bridges a little less so, but he's still young. And Bridges and Johnson, those guys, they lean on them a lot uh, in the regular mm-hmm. season. We know, Jen, in the postseason, that bench gets shorter and those rotations get tighter. Listen, man, again, you're not gonna have a night where you get to play the Sacramento Kings, right, or the New Orleans Pelicans, or no, those teams ain't nope, they ain't there. The Minnesota Timberwolves, nope. nope you don't, you don't got them. Those those bottom feeders. It's all top guys now and
1: every night you got to be on
0: and can those guys hold up in the pressure cooker that is the that is the playoffs we'll see because they haven't done it yet again Chris I'm not yeah. worried about book but like you know it, it, it will be interesting to see when teams know okay this is what you like to do let's get Aiton out in space get him switched and pick and roll on a, on a guard let's get him in foul trouble early and when Aiton's in foul trouble and you got to go to your bench Ooh, wha, now what? what right and so that'll be interesting to see for a team like Phoenix how, how that works for them
1: Very interesting. The postseason is going to be super telling for them because of their young core guys. And again, not worried about Chris Paul. Not worried about Booker because he's practicing at home with Kylie Jenner getting (laughs) shots up. So that's okay. Um, He's getting his extra reps in. Um, But yeah, that that young core that they have, it's going to be super telling. It's going to be super interesting. But if there's anything that Phoenix proves, it's their their will to win, their fight, their ruggedness, and I mean, once you get Book and CP3 cooking, I mean, what if Book comes out and, like drops fifty one night?
0: Listen, I mean, those tend to happen less in the playoffs just because of the nature of those. But listen, again, I, I I'm not worried about Book. I think Book will be fine. Um, it, it's the it's the others, right? It's yeah. It's when again. When you're playing the same team in a seven-game series, one of the things about the regular season to the the playoffs, why people always say, or why people like us always say, guys, the game is so different, but to a casual fan, they may not understand what that is. In a regular season, when you're playing this many games, these guys, look, they're not going deep into the scouting report. Like They're just trying to keep themselves upright and healthy because this is a lot of basketball to play in a truncated amount of time. But in the playoffs, where there are no back-to-backs, And it is the same team every night in a series. You are much more locked in, and you're watching much more video, and you're making many more adjustments, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's what we say when we mean it's different basketball, right? So on a night where you're like, "All right, guys, we don't have it in the regular season. Let's, you know, let's let's live to fight another day." That they ain't no live to fight another day in the postseason. You are you're grinding every possession, and you're taking away their strengths. You're forcing them into their tertiary and fourth options, which most teams don't want to go to, right? So that, how do you adjust when that's the deal? Again, because you're not playing Minnesota and New Orleans and the bottoms of the league. No, you're playing all the good teams now. How are you going to react when you're playing the good teams? And the bottom of the West still got good teams. If you're Phoenix, you might have to play the Mavs in round one. I mean, Luka Doncic and Chris Porzingis. That that ain't a, that's not a, ah, uh, what win that easy? No. Nah. I don't think so, my friends. Like Luca will win two games by himself, most likely, right? And so now what? And so that's that's the challenge of of the postseason. So it, it'll be interesting.
1: Dang, it, it the competition it's so different. How um, the conferences are so different. But last, we got to talk about the Jazz mm-hmm. for a second here because they worry me and then they don't because we know <laughs> that they don't have a lot of luck in the postseason. but I feel as though Donovan Mitchell is just due. He's due for it. There's been the, the largest chip on his shoulder. I mean, the poor kid's going to get a dip soon, like <laughs> literally, but you know, talk to me about their offensive struggles because it's up and down. Uh, So is Donovan Mitchell, but he's managed to turn it out.
0: I, I look, Utah has been the best, Team this regular season from beginning to end. They are number three in adjusted offensive rating, number three in adjusted defensive rating, and they are number one in net rating by a full three and a half points. They are that good. Um, they're excellent um, again in the regular season. Now, to be fair, they're also beating good teams as well. Um, I. What not worries Donovan Mitchell doesn't worry me in the postseason because we've seen his body of work. Um, Utah employs Rudy Gobert in a very specific manner defensively. um, And we know what he does. Um, We know there are teams that can exploit that, right? When you do certain matchups, getting Rudy out in space, away from the paint, right? Um, Onto less favorable matchups. The other thing about the Utah Jazz is they shoot a lot of threes, right? And the three is a high variant shot. They're making them, good luck. They're not making them, a little challenging. And I worry about... in in the playoffs when the minute loads are what they are right like and every player tells you a playoff game is like one and a half x or two x a regular season game physically and mentally well if quinn isn't trusting his bench and he's leaning on donovan and rudy and they're playing 38 40 minutes a night oh man uh, that's gonna have diminishing returns the further you go into the postseason uh jordan clarkson who was the runaway sixth man of the year and he still might win it he's been kind of not so great (laughs) lately right? And if you, that's a big part of their offense that they're, they're counting on. Uh, Mike Conley is a little banged up right now. I think he's, he'll be all right. He'll be back soon. Joe Ingles is playing well. But again, not so much in round one. Let's say they get the Grizzlies in round one without Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, and even with J- Triple J when he, when he comes back, that's still not enough to beat Utah. But in round two, if they got to play the lakers and the lakers are healthy and we know how the lakers can guard that's not ideal right that's that's going to require because they now what i worry about is who's what's their size on the wing to guard lebron right you know royce o'neill's great and all but that's a lot to ask right rudy gobert love him could be Defensive player of the year having a check ad it's a lot right i mean he's gonna do it right he's gonna do do what he's got to do yeah but when you when you have that level of talent you know it, it becomes overwhelming and so that's what worries me not so much mitchell and gobert overall but who is who's that other wing guy uh i love bogdanovich but you know is he someone that's going to be reliable for them in the postseason these are all things that have questions that have yet to be answered when we see them now to be fair Bogdanovich was hurt last year. He didn't even get into the playoffs. So we'll mm-hmm. see what he does this season. Um, but they're an interesting matchup, and the the betting public, the betting public, and the casual fan, they're not believers in Utah. They're like, nah, we'll believe it when we see it. Um, but everything, all of their numbers this season, point to a team that should make a run to a, to the conference finals.
1: We will see. We shall see. Because again, you just never know. It's a make or miss league, as they say, Gerard.
0: And last thing about Utah, more than any team in the NBA, they've had the best injury luck thus far. Well, you uh, better
1: knock on all that wood you right? you got in, right. in your house there.
0: Th- th- they've had the best injury luck, and, and of course, I'm not. No one's rooting for injury, but I mean, you're a tweaked ankle away from oh now we got problems, right? So it that's these are the thin margins we're talking about.
1: My nerves. My nerves are so <laughs> shot. Jamal Murray has me so messed up. I can't no, even handle uh,
0: it. Yeah. And especially, again, this season is so truncated. So many games. And it's it's a lot right now.
1: It really is. I mean, it's just... It is a lot. But you know what is also a lot? Mm. Um, when Kevin Durant goes on a Twitter war with Shannon Sharp really <laughs> early in the morning and you work in sports. <laughs> 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 so, guys... No surprise that KD came for someone on Twitter, but it was Shannon Sharp. And I actually, as wild as KD can get with his, his social media antics, <laughs> this one, it's not so far fetched because this is something I feel like that's been haunting KD, obviously. So I don't even know when, but you guys have all probably come across this false quote uh, made up on meme, Twitter, whatever the heck you kids do out there for all the clicks and whatnot. And it's basically a false quote by Duran speaking on how his championship rings and how they're the most important of the era and the goat talk, of course, with LeBron James and all of that and who's better and whatnot, blah, blah, blah. It is a fake quote. Let's just get that out there. And it is not real. So I, you know, a lot of people in the media or a few uh, have come across this quote, thought it was real, used it for their analysis. Hence Jay Williams last October who did it on ESPN, then had to come out with an apology. Great apology. Love Jay. But um, Shannon Sharp did it again. Same quote on Monday on Undisputed on FS1 and Kind of everybody knows Shannon Sharp loves LeBron James. I do as well. But the, he just, you know, went, he Shannon Sharped the hell out of this quote and it wasn't even real. So KD goes on Twitter and reposts a video of a fan saying, Hey, I don't think KD said this because we all know he hasn't by now, hence the debacle in last October. And he basically called Shannon Sharp drunk uncle. Why are you guys letting him on TV? Why is he talking this and that? Um, and then they kind of go back and forth because Shannon says, you know, if you want to talk, we could take it, you know, offline, whatever. Katie goes back. I'm all obviously paraphrasing says, you know, dude, you basically put it out here. <laughs> you want to say it on TV to people like thousands, millions, whatever. And I'll say it to you here, like whatever. Again, Katie just stays trolling <laughs> and, uh, it, 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 it was great. Um, uh, Twitter had a field day. It was interesting, but I got to ask your thoughts, Gerard, because, it's 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 your guy it's the seven foot sniper (laughs)
0: he's
1: caught in yet another debacle of a fake quote this is
0: so we're gonna peel back the curtain here people and and i want to just be clear about something up front and this is just about me not about anybody else i don't watch shows like first take or the undisputed or whatever that shit was called like i don't I don't, I don't
1: watch The Undisputed. I do watch First Take.
0: I don't watch any of those television shows because, one, I'm we're already in the business, number one. Number two, the reason I don't watch those shows are because they are trafficking in a specific type of work. And that work is social media entertainment. Like, that is what they do when they come on. Nothing they do is uh about actual insight real analysis or anything of that nature and you and it's a game they play and you know the game because you'll see and again I don't watch the shows but you'll see clips come across on social and like people like yelling or whatever and that's the whole that's the whole point that's what they want on Monday Stephen A. Smith may say something like Kyrie Irving is the most Ridiculous player of all time. He's so talented. He's the most talented player I've ever seen. Da-da, right? Loving Kyrie, greatest thing of all time. That's on Monday. On Tuesday, Stephen A. Smith will come on TV again. uh Kyrie Irving takes all these unexcused absences. He should give money back. This guy can't be counted on. he's You see what I did? I went a complete 180. Yesterday, mm-hmm. I said this. Today, I'm saying the complete opposite end of the spectrum. And why do I do that? Because when those clips get cut and put on social media, it becomes a firestorm. Everyone's retweeting, quote tweeting. You don't know. And they love it, right? And that is what these people traffic in. Yes. It's, think about it, and it becomes a fire. And if you don't think about fires, how do you firefighters put out raging fires? People think water. Water is part of the solution, but not really. The way you really stop a fire is by suffocating it and cutting off the oxygen, right? That is how you contain and shut down a fire. Same thing when you do this social media stuff. The more you retweet and quote tweet and argue, it's you're adding lighter fluid to this fire, right? You are breathing oxygen on it and blowing it up. This is what these people want. And it's not just limited to sports, Jenna. It's the same in political news. The show... For, if, Turn on any CNN, MSNBC, Fox. It doesn't matter what your your political affiliation is. The format of the shows is the same as the format of First Take and The Undisputed. People in boxes yelling at each other about points. And guess what? The masses, right? The American public eats that shit up. Loves it. Nobody's here for facts or what's actually correct or nuance or inside. no, 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 no. I just want to yell about my point louder than the other person yells about their point. And this is what it is. And this is what this KD Shannon Sharp debacle is. And KD to his part, he, and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, he has embraced and is leaning into his Twitter persona. Right? So the big thing about Kevin Durant that fans love to say about him is he's so sensitive. He's always arguing about Twitter comments. So now he's like well if that's the narrative i'm going to play into it even more now we talked about it the other day when he said kd why you got to come on here it's gonna be." he's like because i knew you'd be here i want to fulfill the prophecy right like he is just leaning into it now he's like all right if this is a joke and a game to you people i'm just gonna get on here and i'm gonna do the same thing you're doing and you can see it the people in response are getting more angry and i'm just sitting here going we, we're not even arguing about basketball like what what, no. what are you even arguing what is the point and what are you even arguing about I don't even know
1: they're at this point they are they're literally arguing about, arguing about words that were never said it actually the narrative doesn't exist
0: like how hilarious is that you are arguing about something that is not
1: even true it <laughs> doesn't even exist some fan <laughs> wrote it and is now feeling famous behind their computer and is probably 12.
0: And it's hilarious, so, Jenna, there's that. because that is part of fan behavior, right? Fan is short for fanatic. By definition, a fanatic is an irrational person, right? Like you, a fanatic does not, you cannot use reason or logic or intellect when you're talking to a fanatic because it, it's like, it, it, it's, they believe things that like beyond what their eyes see or what number, it doesn't matter. They're so deeply entrenched in a position. And it's so hilarious because I saw someone say on social media, um, someone sent me a DM and they were like, you know, and it's, it's all about LeBron James. And, and I'm like, how the hell is LeBron James? In? What are we even talking about right now? And that to me is what is so hilarious. So again, oh
1: God. if
0: you are someone who enjoys this and you want to traffic in it, listen, by all means, enjoy yourself. But no. That Shannon blocking Katie on Twitter, and uh, this is all part of the bit. Okay, <laughs> this is what gets you all to tune in to the Undisputed whenever it comes on and see what they're gonna say and get all worked up on social. Th- this is this is the game. This is what this is the game. This is how they get you involved in the game. And if you like playing and like doing it, by all means, enjoy yourselves. Just know, it's not real. <laughs> like this is this is not real. Like none of this is real.
1: Out of control. Um, I do have to um, mention one more thing uh, before we wrap up, seeing as we're leaving on a, a nice, funny note, because <laughs> this just happened to come up on my timeline in real time. Oh, nice. And, and... NBA Twitter is having a field day, Gerard. You are about to laugh your ass off. Can't wait. So this tweet, I'm seeing Rachel Nichols post it. I'm seeing Taylor Rooks reposting and it is all coming from the same person. So I just want to give him credit. I don't know if this is his tweet. Apparently he's wherever this is happening. Okay. Um Dane Moore. Dan Moore, Dane Moore. Mm-hmm. He covers he's a Minnesota Timberwolves beat reporter. Yep. At the Blue Wires Pod, mm-hmm. um, just giving y'all credit over there. Now yeah. give it back. <laughs> Kidding. Um, he tweeted Anthony Edwards. This is Anthony Edwards talking on his feelings about Alex Rodriguez being the Timberwolves' new owner. Mm-hmm. You guys um, know yep. that Alex Rodriguez. This mm-hmm. is recent news. Quote: I don't know who that is. I know he's going to be the owner, but I don't know anything about baseball. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my
0: God! Uh folks, if that is not 2021 and America in a nutshell, there <laughs> you have it. Now I will say, to be fair to Anthony Edwards, how old is he? Nineteen, twenty? He's young.
1: It, yeah, if that. Let me, uh, let, let's let, see. Let, let
0: me look it up right now. An- yeah, Anthony
1: Edwards. <laughs>
0: he's he's super young. Let's see. He's nineteen. Okay. So I don't
1: know who that is.
0: He was born in 01. Um, By the time he was a cognizant of, like, who sports players are and all that, let's say he was mm, eight years old. So, that would be in 2009. We're well past the prime of Rodriguez's career at that point. Yes? (laughs) Like, I mean...
1: But he's in the prime of his dating career. People (laughs) need to know this.
0: (laughs) I just... this This is just hilarious to me. I... I'm dying. This is too funny. This
1: oh is, my God. Also guys, that is job one Oh one. Don't say this about your boss.
0: Yeah. Yeah. When you
1: work there, <laughs> no doubt.
0: You should be like, Ooh, can't wait. Looking forward to what, what the competitiveness of a great, cause I mean, he knows he's a great baseball player. Um, yeah. what, you know, what a great champion and great baseball player, Alex right. Rodriguez is, you know, but Anthony Edwards is also very, um, he is very candid when he speaks
1: in the media, I heard he's funny, and he's it, very like,
0: funny and yeah. that's just his personality and so yeah. look it's a breath of fresh air to the league for Minnesota They like, got a keeper there love it. I love it um, I'm happy for Minnesota Timberwolves fans the one thing I'll say when you are a fan of a franchise doesn't matter what team it is the one thing you can never do anything about is your ownership like those mm-hmm. the, the, those are the people you can't get rid of players get traded whatever you draft new guys coaches get fired all that owners you can't get rid of them They unless they sell you're stuck with them and right. fans of the Timberwolves have been stuck with Glenn Taylor for a long time, and he's been an atrocious owner. I'm very glad that Alex Rodriguez, um, the transfer is going to take about two and a half years, that okay. his his group's coming in, and hopefully that'll bring uh, a breath of fresh air and a new attitude and new commitment uh, for Minnesota Timberwolves basketball. So good luck to A-Rod yes. and, his, and his group, and hopefully for Minnesota Timberwolves fans, uh, brighter days are ahead in the future
1: let's pray um also last note too here because i'm seeing everything pop up on twitter jamal murray has tweeted he tweeted three emojis a heart a basketball i think um because it went away and a, a little hundred emoji so he's here he's okay <laughs> he's all right
0: it's all right jenna he'll be fine folks as always thank you for rocking with us you know where to find us apple Podcasts, spotify youtube we're on Twitter at 7 voterspod Pod, on Instagram at 7 Voters Podcast, at JS Hector, at Gentleman Sully, and we'll see you guys next week. Peace. Peace. Okay. Spent a couple years out here with these raps. Trying to have a plan that we may come
1: true. Plotted some jobs, but I ain't here back. I don't want to trap. What's a man going to do? Chevy told me.